You've got a quorum. Okay. Is there somebody else coming on? Kay. Okay. 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 We'll wait for Kay. She's connected. Hello. Okay. How are you? I think we're all good. We're all good. Well, I'm going to go ahead and, and get us started since we're we're past the meeting start time. Um, I'm going to take a quick roll. Maddie is here. Mosin is here. Deb Ford uh, said she may be attending after 6 p.m. Kay Johnson is here. Nancy Mooma is here. I'm here. And Amanda Stam is online. And Ben Sykes had emailed both Kathy and I today to say that he would be joining. So since we have a quorum, the first thing we need to do is call order to the meeting and Kathy will review some housekeeping items for us. Good evening, everyone. I just want to share a few housekeeping items for tonight's Zoom meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. All board members, please keep your video on. All others keep your video off unless you are participating during the meeting. If you have any trouble, you can send me a chat. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. Please um, remember to state your name when you speak um, for the benefit of those participating remotely. And um, just a, a comment, there is no meeting tonight following this one. Um, so there's not a hard stop at 7.15. And I will be turning the meeting over to... All right, well... All right, we have one more for the quorum. Ben just joined us at uh, City Hall. So I, I would just say welcome from City Hall. We have um, everybody here and I wanna make sure that everybody's aware that we have two vacancies on our board right now. Uh, Daryl Monto has decided not to uh, reapply to serve on the SAB. So we have um, Steve Kramer's position and Daryl's position available. And with that, the first item on the agenda is approving the agenda. Has everybody had a chance to review it? Do we have a motion to approve our agenda for tonight? Maddie Bell, SAB board member, so moved. Thank you, Maddie. Ben Sykes, SAB board member, I'll second. Thank you, Ben. All those in favor of approving our agenda for this evening, please say aye. 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 Any opposed, please give me the same sign. All right, the agenda is approved. So we'll move right into that. Uh, the first thing on the agenda is to consider our minutes from the December meeting. If you 
reviewed those minutes. There's not a lot of text in there that we had to review. So I'd be happy to entertain a motion. Maddie Bell, SAB board member, so moved. Thank you, Maddie. Nancy Mumaw, second. Did you hear that was? Nancy. Second. Okay. All right. All those in favor of approving the minutes from our December 14th meeting, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? Please give me the same sign. No opposition. So our minutes are approved. So then we'll go into the staff report. Staff items, please. Um, Kathy Richardson, Director of Sustainability. So um, for the staff items, the staff item reads, uh, receive sustainability staff report, discuss current sustainability items for SAB support and review list of the SAB subcommittees. I think they're all um, somewhat related. Um, I do know that Ben has asked um, to uh, for me to please let uh, the sustainability advisory board know when you know I'm working on um, any sustainability items that could use some SAB support, um, and really the items that I wanted to provide as part of the report are items that uh, could use your support um, and uh, some work. And I don't know if if some of that will also kind of blend into the discussion of the subcommittee you know, what they have been in the past. I know you just went through a goal setting session. Um, so you may uh, want to reconsider what those subcommittees are, but let me go ahead and talk about those topics um, for the sustainability report and, and how SAB could help support those. So uh, the first one, um, we did have a presentation. It was a connected city and environmental sustainability uh, presentation to the city commission last Tuesday, not this week, but last week. And that one was on a topic we had brought to the Sustainability Advisory Board in November. That is the drafting of a policy for the capital projects, um, uh, sustainable capital projects. And uh, Melinda um, and Chris Rice and I um, all were on that commission meeting to uh, basically ask the commissioners for some direction. Um, and if we were headed the right way, or not. And um, if you remember, what we were proposing in the policy was for any new city facility to be built to hit that LEED gold certification um, standard level. Um, and then for major renovations of city facilities, uh, for that to be LEED certified. And then on the infrastructure projects like utilities and transportation, uh, that would be a different rating system um, used, which is Envision. And we would want it to be Envision verified, not just for staff to go through the, the checklist, um, but actually get it verified. So, um, you know, this is uh, all related to CC14 and the strategic plan, which also I looked at the, uh, you know, kind of scoring of uh, the priority KPIs from your goal setting session. And this one had um, eight 
uh, votes towards it. So it, was, um, it shared its spot in the first place with another KPI. So um, how, how we could use the Sustainability Advisory Board's support is really with, uh, you know, finalizing or, or working on finalizing that draft policy that we have promised to the commission we would bring back in March. So definitely want to um, ask if this uh, item could be placed in the agenda for the SAB meeting in February. But I also wondered if maybe there's a subcommittee that wants to have some more conversation around this policy. Uh, the, this, this advisory board is definitely a stakeholder um, for this topic. And, you know, it's important uh, that we, uh, you know, have those conversations that you are, you know, feeling that uh, the policy is going in the right direction now that we have the commissioner's direction to go ahead and uh, propose the lead gold for new facilities, lead certification for major renovations and envision for the infrastructure project. So, um, Again, I'm just putting it out there, uh, but certainly when we go to commission in March, having uh, a letter of support from the Sustainability Advisory Board or um, at least, you know, uh, hopefully we, we get to a point where the policy is right where uh, you all feel good with it too. So um, just wanted to mention that item. The second item is one that we uh, presented to the commission uh, last night. So Nancy Muma and Ben Sykes uh, were both uh, kind of co-presenters um, with me. And we uh, talked to the commission about the single-use plastic bags. And as you all know, there uh, this topic has been discussed for many, many years. And really what we were hoping for uh, last night in the regular agenda item was to, let me let Michael in just one second. We were hoping um, to get some direction from the city commission, you know, do they want us to uh, move forward with an ordinance that bans single use plastic bags, um, which was the latest recommendation from the sustainability advisory board, or uh, were they interested, there was still some question about uh, the fee per bag um, model. So we wanted to just kind of go over that, or if no no direction on a ban or a fee, you know, what they just want us to work on um, an uh, educational campaign. And, um, you know, Nancy and, and Ben, please uh, speak up on this item. But it, it seemed like the direction was definitely, um, uh, you know, for multiple commissioners to move forward with uh, drafting of a ban uh, ordinance uh, for the single use plastic bags. There is a question about the paper, but I think that was dropped. Um, so the focus really is single-use plastic uh, bags. Nancy, Ben, did you want to add to that? Um, I'll just say that I, I thought all the commissioners were in support of the ban um, when they, they were asked individually, and they were also um, very much in support of the education piece and wanted input on the education. Thank you, Nancy. Yeah, the only thing I'll add is it sounded to me from the city attorney's office like the ordinance part they were going to work on was the ban and the enforcement of that. And then the other pieces that are part of what we recommended, which are the education and kind of some of the other 
tactical pieces that make it all come together might be separate and developed uh, different than what uh, city staff and the city's attorney office will work on until March. That's correct. And um, how the Sustainability Advisory Board can continue to help on this, um, really the commissioners expressed interest that the advisory board and the staff continue to work together uh, to present this ordinance. And we did give the timeline of March and uh, also to work on that educational component that Nancy uh, mentioned and, and Ben so um, again, I don't know if this is a subcommittee that wants to uh, dive into this a little bit further. I'll just, you know, just I'm just mentioning it now, and I know you're going to have a discussion soon on subcommittees. Uh, the the third item um, for the staff report. Kathy, yeah, go ahead. Kathy, this is Stan Rasmussen, SAB member. But before we leave this item. I, I just wanted to make sure I understood, did the city commission direct the city staff to work on an ordinance? So yes. they, they did they take a vote on that or did they just kind of verbally say, we want you to come back with something and we'd like to see it in March? How did, how did that work? Because I mm -hmm. didn't get to see that last night. That is an interesting question because uh, the item was placed on a regular agenda item. So this was not a work session of just providing direction, uh, but within the regular agenda item, there was no vote, but they did provide direction to staff to uh, draft the ordinance for the ban of single-use plastics to work with the Sustainability Advisory Board through all the steps um, of that ordinance. So the ordinance would come, um, that's why I'm, I'm hoping that it can be on the agenda for February because the Sustainability Advisory Board would wanna review that ordinance and make sure everything looks good before we present it to the city commission in March. And along the way, there's also the educational component that they want staff and the advisory board to work together on. Okay, and then will you be the person drafting the ordinance or will that be the law office? Who Who's gonna do that? Good question. It's uh, Randy Larkin. Um, he's our deputy deputy city attorney. He is the one who drafted the draft ordinance for the uh, fee based a few years ago, um, and he has not really spent a whole lot of time with the ordinance that was edited by uh, Sab for the the ban. Although he is aware of some of the sections that are of concern and need to change. Um, there was a, a section on like uh, requiring businesses to have some signage, um, things like that, that our legal office know, you know, what, what the city can and can't uh, say. So Randy is really who's going to lead the uh, legal aspect of uh, drafting the ordinance. And uh, we are going to be working with other departments in terms of how enforcement is going to be handled, how that looks. Uh, so, um, so there's, there's a lot of work between now and, and March. Uh, before we present the actual ordinance. And at that point, um, the commission, some talk about it not being an ordinance kind of on first reading for them to approve, but more like, here's what we heard you, you know, say you wanted us to present as like the draft ordinance. And uh, if the commission goes, goes ahead and says, yes, this looks good, then we would place it on the following city commission meetings, like on first reading and then second reading for the ordinance. Because it, it sounds like to me that if 
this ordinance is going to be drafted and presented to the city commission in March, then a lot has to happen before our next meeting in February. That's why I'm recommending or asking if there's a possibility for a subcommittee, because uh, there's a lot of work uh, to be done. Um, and I, I think that through a subcommittee, we can we can get that accomplished in the time frame. Commission was was pretty um, kind of vocal about making sure that the advisory board staff continued to work together and not just be one or the other. Okay. And then do you see us having to take some sort of additional formal action? Do, are we going to be needing to make another vote on something as a SAB? What's your thought there? Uh, you might. Uh, I don't know if the ordinance is going to be ready by February 8th. So I don't want to say that uh, for you to review and consider to vote on. But um, as soon as I know, uh, the city attorney's office is who really set the line of where the the could view view a copy of a draft of the ordinance. So um, maybe just but, a draft by March. Well, but for sure, the sustainability advisory board would want to, uh, you know, either a letter, a letter of support, but be be part of the process. And even in that presentation to the commission in March. Um, similar to what happened last night, I think it worked really well to have staff and the advisory board um, together present. I would think we'd want to take some sort of formal action as a board sure. to strengthen the yeah. proposal to the city commission. So we need to keep that in mind, the timing of all right. when that can actually occur. Promise that that ordinance will be ready by, well, February 8th is your meeting, but everything gets posted a week prior. Yeah. So I, I I really would not want to put that type of pressure to our uh, city legal team. Yeah, just a quick, I mean, just on the timeline, I remember Randy specifically saying that he was out two weeks in February. We do have our SAB meetings early in the months, in each month. So it may be that we're waiting until late February to get the ordinance language that city legal has drawn up. And then we're working with it at our, March you know, 8th. we're trying to finalize it in our March 8th meeting. And then we push it forward and it goes on a city commission meeting in later March or something like that. I think I, that's. I can work with the city clerk to, to look at the schedule for the city commission meetings to see if we can place this item later in March. Okay. That way you still have your March meeting to have some formal action. Great. Okay. Thank you so much. Oh, Nancy had to talk to you. Yeah, I was just going to suggest that since the subcommittee that, that I've been working on with Kay Johnson and a few other people were the ones that drafted this original and came up with this, that we'd be the ones to, to be involved in continuing to work with it. That, that's This is Stan Rasmussen, SAB member. That sounds great to me. I'd, I might need a reminder on the subcommittee. So do we have to take some sort of formal action to approve the subcommittee? Or can we just say, yeah, that's the proper place for it and we'll let the subcommittee work? I do have, I brought a list of the subcommittees and I can share it so that everybody online can see it as well. Um, let me just one second. Can I interrupted your presentation if you want to hold that? I think in the past, we just took votes on membership to a subcommittee, whereas the items that they were taking up was more just a kind of a, it wasn't a formal vote. It was like, yes, we'll take that piece. Thank you. That was my memory. 
Thank you. I've been here that long. <laughs> I think I think that's what I've recall seeing yeah. too. I don't feel like we need to take a formal vote on that. So can everybody online see the Word document with the five committees, subcommittees? Okay, great. Uh, so these are, um, Stan had asked me to bring forth tonight the five subcommittees, and there's a little bit of language that I took from the minutes uh, from the meeting where these subcommittees were uh, defined. And, uh, you know, from from my experience over the last year, uh, the Weeds Ordinance uh, Subcommittee has been very active, and the Climate Action Plan uh, Subcommittee has been very active. And um, I, I have not heard of the other subcommittees meeting, and I, I haven't set up meetings for those other subcommittees. And I, I do know there was a lot of turnover uh, with the advisory board members. So some of the folks leading these subcommittees may no longer be on here. But a, a conversation, Stan, um, would be whether or not these are the subcommittees that continue, um, or if uh, you have a if the board members have a different ideas, um, you know, Nancy mentioned uh, the Climate Action Plan subcommittee. I, I don't know if that's uh, named appropriately for uh, the items that um, are discussed within that subcommittee, but certainly it's uh, all, I guess it's a pretty broad um, name, but certainly uh, not uh, the subcommittee that's drafting the Climate Action Plan. So that's, I think, where the confusion may lay live for some people. Um, but anyway, these are the five subcommittees. Thank you. Is this a list you can share with everybody? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Great. But we'll touch on that here in a, a moment again. Okay, the um, other item I just wanted to go through uh, pretty quickly is um, some of the work that's uh, continuing on with, uh, and I know that this is on the agenda as well, the ordinance uh, 9744, uh, which is that renewable energy goals um, ordinance. But uh, one of the staff uh, items is that we are working on a transition plan uh, for our fleet. And uh, that is in conjunction with the city selected a, a, a consultant. Um, the Metropolitan Energy Center is in partnership with Energetics Incorporated uh, that is working on this uh, transition plan. And actually, the first step um, is a discovery session uh, for the public. And and I did um, ask uh, the chair and vice chair about the possibility of having them present to the Sustainability Advisory Board in the March, uh, sorry, in the February meeting, February 8th. Uh, this would be a, a 15 minute presentation with maybe 15 minutes of discussion and, and uh, you know, they're going to be requesting feedback uh, from you all in terms of what the plan looks like, uh, what they're going to be going through for this uh, transition plan um, with our vehicles and uh, equipment of the fleet uh, to go to that 100% renewable and alternative energy. So how the Sustainability Advisory Board could um, help support this is, again, uh, just... Uh, hear the presentation, get the most up-to-date information. Please provide feedback uh, to us. This is going to be a long process, uh, but this is 
I, I feel that the Sustainability Advisory Board needs to be engaged from the start. Uh, so this is why uh, one of the discovery uh, sessions will be at a public meeting for the Sustainability Advisory Board. There will be another public meeting that they will schedule um, outside of an advisory board or commission meeting, and it will likely be that week. Our communications team is currently working on that community engagement piece, and the information will be posted on the city's website soon. So that was the other item I wanted to make sure to, to mention tonight and how the advisory board could help. Thank you. Did, did anybody have questions for Kathy before we move on? I'd like to not seeing any. I'd like to go back to the subcommittees page if you can share that again. Wait Looks a minute, like... Stan. There is a, a oh. hand raise on the member of the public. Michael Allman. Oh. Should I be calling on the public right now? Michael, you have a question? Oh, I was going to make a comment if you're taking public comment. We don't typically take public comment on staff report, but if you can be okay. brief, please please feel free. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, as far as the educational component goes for the single-use bag ordinance, um, I, I find it kind of awkward that I, I'd like somebody in city to identify who city staff will be who is working on the educational component because most advisory boards that work on high level policy issues like this, you know, they have designated staff who work with them. Or for instance, like the County Climate Action Plan, there's like three or four paid employees working on that. Um, the Multimodal Transportation Commission, they have three or four or five engineers at, in MSO that do all the, the detail work and write things up in detail. Um, and if that's not possible, then oftentimes city staff hires a consultant. It seems like this, I don't know how detailed this educational component is going to be, but it seems like it could be pretty detailed. And I find it asking the SAB members a bit much, you know, beyond your pay scale, you know, what you signed on to do here. But if you're willing to do it, I think that's great. Um, certainly the SAB should have some input into it, but I don't know <clears throat> if it's wise or practical to be leading the effort. So uh, it's important to know what city staff is actually going to be doing this. It's not going to be the legal department. So thank right. you. Those are good comments, Michael. Thank you. Kathy, did you want to reply? I kind of got the impression you might want to reply. Sure. This is Kathy Richardson, Director of Sustainability. So we are going to be working with a staff team. Um, this isn't, uh, the educational component isn't just put on the Sustainability Advisory Board. I was thinking more along the lines of the subcommittee um, on this topic to kind of review 
what staff is putting together and make sure that we are on the right path and that we get your feedback along the way. Uh, but this is a community engagement uh, type of project. And uh, we certainly have uh, a communications team uh, with the city that uh, works on this. I can't tell you all the names right now, uh, Again, this topic was just discussed last night in the city commission room, um, and now we know where we're moving forward to. So I have some uh, staff meetings with legal and the communications team coming up uh, so we can better define that, and I can uh, provide that information to the Sustainability Advisory Board uh, pretty soon as to who's going to be working on this project from the city staff. Thank you, Kathy. All right. Oh, Any other questions for Kathy on the topic she presented before we move over to the subcommittees? So let's see, you've shared that. Yeah, it's, everybody see this online? Yes. Okay, thumbs up. So I, I asked Kathy to put this on the agenda. This is Stan Rasmussen, SAB uh, board member. Um, I asked Kathy to put this on the agenda because I didn't know all the subcommittees that we have, and I'm really not certain who's on which subcommittee. Is there anybody who's a member now who's on the weatherization program subcommittee? So this is Ben Sykes, SAB board member, uh, or co-chair, whatever. I, I was on that. Right when I got here, um, Jackie Carroll was leading that. She was a longtime SAB board member. And we did provide recommendations to the city commission on revisions to the weatherization program, for example, to increase equity and other things. And that was given to them in August of 2021. And as far as I know, that was the central goal and, and final action of that subcommittee, after which we formed new subcommittees kind of based on feedback and for example, that include the weed ordinance, which I kind of pivoted to. So that's my my memory. Uh, Kay might remember as well. I think Kay was here even before me, but on some of the other ones, that's I, I know about the weatherization one because right when I got here, I joined that one. Okay, so is that a a subcommittee you think we should still have? Is it? I think at the wow. time they were rewriting their the regulations around the federal weatherization program and who qualified and how to distribute those funds that the city receives for those, I believe. And so that was why it was really important at that time for us to have a voice in that, for those recommendations. But I think that- That time is, that is gone. On. Yeah, it's gone now. It's my understanding, if, again, if others- yeah. This is Kay Johnson, SAB board member. I, I feel like it's probably not a bad idea to ask, uh, to have Kathy find out where that is. A lot of times what we've been seeing in the last three years, we provide information to commissioners on whatever the topic is, and then we never hear back. Uh, There's several of those items that are still outstanding. The weatherization program would be good to find out what uh, the status is. And Jackie and Ben did do a nice job on providing information, but then we never did, as far as I know, hear back about that. And I, I just feel like any time that we spend our time, effort, and <laughs> uh, that we should at least know what the outcome is, it, even if it's 
no outcome. At least we know what they have done with the information. Um, the other two, well, the other ones aside from the weed ordinance and the climate action plan, um, Deb Ford and I had worked on the energy efficiency and codes. Now both of us are on that um, code update um, committee that our task force or whatever they're calling that with the planning department. And so Deb and I had met quite frequently. And the last thing that we had asked is that the planning department provide a presentation as to what codes they actually had on um, currently. But then the task force came up and we both were put on that. Um, so we can kind of say that's on hold. Um, the clean energy and energy efficiency for city, city operations. I was chairing that, but with two other people that have since resigned. And so I don't think that is a, that one can totally go off um, as far as I'm concerned, that list. And, you know, I really feel like we probably should put our efforts into the strategic plan and the and the strategic goals that we've set out instead of what was on that paper except for the weatherization program we don't know what the outcome was and there was also a solar ready um ordinance that we drafted that we haven't ever heard of what, what is the outcome of that. That could probably be incorporated into the code discussion, but we never heard about that after that was submitted in the past. That was a long time ago. I didn't write that, but that did go in, I don't know, we can probably 2018. All right. So what I'm hearing is, say, what I'm hearing you say, Kay, is that the Energy Efficiency and Codes subcommittee is kind of being supplemented by the fact that you and Deb are on the city's task force to look at energy efficiency and codes. Is that correct? Exactly. And our time can be spent mostly with that effort because that's a two-year effort. At least that's what we were told initially. And I believe they'll be updating lots of various codes in, in that update. So... I don't feel like we need to have a subcommittee on that. Deb and I are actually already involved in that. So you're correct, Stan. Okay. And unless Deb wants to, she's she was the one that was kind of leading that. Unless she has another idea about it. And then I thought I heard you say that the Clean Energy and Energy Efficiency for City Operations Subcommittee might be able to go away that you were chairing that previously. But I guess I would ask, to me, that title sounds like it plays right into uh, ordinance 
9744. It could be transformed. Yeah, it wasn't written for that uh, ordinance, but it definitely could be changed so that it would um, it would uh, direct our attention to that goal, which is what we had done in our. So yeah, just to change the name, I suppose. <laughs> okay, so there's maybe that uh, description of that subcommittee could be modified a little bit to reference 9744. Or and, and my bet is several people now that are now on our SAB would be interested in participating in that, unlike um, the people that had resigned. So I bet Mosin and uh, several might be interested in taking right. up charge. I think my goal is to have kind of a 2023 list of subcommittees and to know who's on those mm -hmm. so that we can, everybody can be aware. Um, I think we still need to maintain the weed ordinance one because we don't have a weed ordinance yet. Right. A not just weed ordinance or, you know, whatever we want to call it. So I think it's important to keep that one. The climate action plan subcommittee, Nancy, you're chairing that and it's kind of been the catch-all for a number of things. So we want to keep that one. And it sounds like, Kay, you're suggesting that before we disband the weatherization program subcommittee that we'd like to maybe hear from Kathy, kind of where things stand on that. So the only one that it sounds like we might be able to eliminate is the energy efficiency and code simply because we have two members working on that elsewhere. Then right. the other question, so I, I, what I'd like to hear from board members here in a second is comments on that, maybe keeping the first four that are listed, eliminating that last one. But then my question also would be, is there another subcommittee that we need to form uh, concerning the city strategic plan or uh concerning oh what did you ask for um key performance indicator cc14 i guess that's part of the city strategic plan w kathy suggested that there might be a benefit of having a sub subcommittee working on that um so i i throw that out there uh maybe eliminating that last one and then maybe adding an additional one to focus on the strategic plan. And then I'd be happy to entertain if we think we need other subcommittees. And then I'd like us to kind of figure out who's on these subcommittees, who's volunteered to serve on them and kind of who's chairing them, if we can go through that. So at first, let, let me just open it up to everybody and see if we have comments, questions, suggestions. And I can't see everybody yet, so I... Do you want me to stop sharing? Is it okay if Kathy stops sharing that so that we can see everybody? Sounds good. All right. Nancy? So I'll just say that on the Climate Action Plan Subcommittee, I'm chairing it. 
uh, Kay Johnson's on it, Deb Ford's on it, Mohsen's on it. Uh, so for board member purposes, we have four members, so we don't have a meeting, open meetings issue. Okay. And this is Kathy Richardson, Sustainability Director. I just wondered, that subcommittee is called Climate Action Plan, and the description is develop a climate action protection adaptation plan in response to the climate crisis. I guess as staff, I'm just asking if there's, um, you know, any interest in changing the name of that subcommittee and the description of it. Uh, you also have a Sustainability Advisory Board member who is part of the Climate Action Plan steering committee. Um, and again, the climate action plan is being drafted and led by the county. So um, there's been some confusion with this uh, in the past. And I'm just asking if, if there's interest in changing the description to be more along the lines of what this subcommittee is working on. I think that's a great idea. Nancy Muma, I think that's a great idea. Um, to say that we give input into the Douglas County Strategic Action Plan through this committee, as well as working on the platforms. I, I have one comment. I, I am just still concerned that Lawrence is not going to have its say on the Climate Action Plan. I, I feel like throughout this whole year haven't understood where what our role is now that the county has taken over that and I'm very glad that Nancy is on the steering committee and that Kathy updates us but I mean we're still going to be able to provide input on a section in that plan so I mean, I don't understand how, I, I don't have a problem with the, having some sort of climate action in the title of the subcommittee, because I think we still have a lot of responsibility to our community, irrespective of what Douglas County comes up with. Because we've had disagreements, generally nice agreements, disagreements about what should be in that plan. And I mean, originally they weren't even going to discuss the emissions. Now I believe that has changed, but I don't know. I haven't seen anything at all from Douglas County. Nancy. Um, so, so far they are continuing to get community input and they haven't begin, begun to draft the plan. Um, that's supposed to happen soon. Um, although they have canceled the last two monthly meetings. Um, so I think they're a bit behind still gathering community information um, and having these focus sessions. So I think that once they begin to draft it, it's important for our subcommittee to review it and provide input. And so I would very much like to be uh, continuing to, to get input from the SAB members um, to the, the committee that I'm working on with the Douglas County group. Mosin. Mosin. Mosin, to me, SAP member. Um, in line with this, I'm wondering if the city is providing 
updated emissions inventory or the climate group at the county is going to provide that because in the text of the ordinance 9744, it mentions that we are going to, like we have goals for 2030, 2035 and to reach. And all of those are based on the 2005 baseline that we had and we need to have updated emissions inventory. So is, is anyone working on that? Or yes. is the county going to provide that to Yes, this is Kathy Richardson, Director of Sustainability. So I had uh, mentioned in a staff update, I think a couple of months ago, that there are two greenhouse gas inventories that are being worked on right now. Uh, there has not been one for all of Douglas County in the past, but that is one, and it's the more critical one that's moving forward with ICLE uh, in order for it that information to be provided in a climate action plan. The city of Lawrence is working on an update. So we have had uh, several uh, greenhouse gas inventories in the past, um, and there will be an update uh, that's being worked on this year. Thank you, Kathy. This is Stan Rasmussen, SAB uh, member. N Nancy, would your climate action plan uh, subcommittee be open to maybe just calling it this climate action subcommittee? And then maybe would you be willing to tweak the language that Kathy has describing it to also include the working on the the plastic bag ordinance and such for 2023. Happy to. Thank you. This has been Sag Sab. Remember, Kathy, do we have these this information on Sab's website or anything anywhere that we have subcommittees and this is what they are and here's what the membership looks like? Do we yeah. need to? Yeah. So um, in the past, uh, in our iCompass. Uh, spot where all the advisory board information is the roster and then meeting minutes and agendas. Uh, what is uh, summarized there, there is a, a big section of the SAB priorities. And that is actually a section that we will need to update okay. based on this last uh, goal setting session. Um, also, the uh, city clerk's office is working on a full revision of all the advisory boards and commissions right. um, in light of the conversation and the, the new board of boards uh, conversation and, and committee discussion that will start soon. So um, we can list the subcommittees and definitions of those subcommittees. Uh, those subcommittees are not uh, public meetings if you don't have a quorum. Um, generally, it's two, three uh, board members that form these subcommittees, so it's a little bit um, more informal without the public um, or uh, streaming, live streaming uh, portion of it. Um, there are others that are not SAB members that also are part of these subcommittees. Um, but yeah, if the advisory board would like to state them and define them and have that to be public information, we can certainly make that happen. But this is Stan Rasmussen, SAB member. They're not on there now, though, right? I haven't been able to find them if they... No, they're not on there now. But okay. if you would wish for them to be on there, we can. Right now, what I mentioned is SAB priorities from a few years ago is what's listed on there and people view. Yeah, it would be good to update that. Yeah. 
Ben, did you have more? I didn't want to cut you off. Uh, the only other thing was what you had mentioned, which is a kind of a, um, a subcommittee wrapped around the strategic plan. And I don't know if this moves us, but part of the documents that were listed for the agenda tonight include what we prioritized out of the KPIs of the strategic plan. Mm -hmm. It strikes me that some of those directly overlap with some of the committees that we have and some of them, for, exa for example, the percent of city used energy that is renewable clearly is an overlap with 9744 and the, that subcommittee. But there are others that are, the KPIs are more ambiguous or more falling, you know, not exactly in the wheelhouse of the subcommittees. So I don't know if, if that's worth trying to think about how we operationalize those KPIs we prioritized in the subcommittees that we're, we're talking about creating. Does that, does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Like percent of development that's infill, we prioritize that as a KPI. Maybe that's part of the development plan that um, Deb and Kay are getting to work on. But if we can earmark which of these KPIs or where they're falling under our um, subcommittees, and I think that would reflect our priorities aligning with the strategic plan priorities. Yeah, I think the tricky one could be the acres per resident of public land used for environmentally sustainable uses, mm -hmm. maybe under climate action, but- Maybe under the sustainable landscaping from the weeds ordinance. Yeah, if we could change the name of the weeds ordinance to sustainable <laughs> landscaping, I like that. It's more yeah. descriptive. Noxious weeds and sustainable landscaping or something, just to yeah. keep the peace. So maybe we could tweak the, the title of that and rewrite that one a little bit. Okay. You know, it, it appears to me that we could put that city operations one under and call it the strategic plan and then redo that section where they don't fall in whatever doesn't fall into another uh, group. So, or another subcommittee. So the renewable energy operate for op city operations um, could be part of that um, that is picked up in the, from the strategic plan. Just change the name and redo the um, description of it to the strategic plan. Sorry, Kathy, can, can you share the prioritized KPIs? I think everybody um, that might be tuning in or is out there has that document, but that's one of the ones you shared. That's just what I'm looking at. I don't know if it would help others. That's Anybody that wasn't able to review our goal setting session can see like the, the outcome of those. So, so maybe I, this is Stan Rasmussen, SAB member. Perhaps I could propose that uh, Kathy and I work on an updated list of the subcommittees and descriptions of those and present them to the board next month for our consideration. Would that be okay? I'd be happy yeah. to work I like with it. Kathy on that. And, and Nancy, I can take a shot at drafting some language for the Climate Action Subcommittee and I'll, we can email that to you for you to review, or you can take the first stab of that. I'll let you choose what you'd like to do. Um, well, I think Nancy Muma 
SAB member. Um, I think that it's important to figure out if we're going to put other things in it as well as Kay just suggested, or we're going to keep it as it had been focused on the plastic bags and the strategic plan for Douglas County. So the climate action plan for Douglas County, not strategic plan. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. And this, this group, this is Kathy Richardson, Director of Sustainability. This group also has a lot of conversations around uh, events and celebrations and outreach. So I wonder if that is also part of the description, as I know the subcommittee has been uh, working on that. And it is one of your goals, which um, Ben had asked if I could share uh, just one second here. Just so you can see the... Can you see this uh, Sustainability Advisory Board Retreat Winter 2022? Okay, so the four top are the prior prioritized goals. And um, if I can, just one more uh, consideration um, from the staff perspective. Uh, one of your subcommittees, the Clean Energy and Energy Efficiency for City Operations, um, I know there's been a lot of discussion on that one, but I just wanted to remind us that Ordinance 9744, where this subcommittee kind of falls um, in line with that, but Ordinance 9744 is not just about city operations, it's community-wide, and that is really mm -hmm. a conversation that we need Sustainability Advisory Board to help um, with, you know, what are going to be the policy, the policies in the future for this? Um, you know, what, how are we going to get to this goal? Um, and how are we going to bring everybody along, not just city operations? Uh, it's a, it's a wider angle and it's important, uh, that we have, uh, at least a group that's talking about that. Um, if that's one of your priorities. It seems to me that we are, discussing some of those codes in for development into bringing the community along so that may that those codes are part of the discussion with the code renewal in the development side of things right which how do we the community Right. How do, how do we get KU? How do we get um, all the residential customers um, to switch over to renewable energy? Not not just the the new construction, but Maddie Bell, SAB mm -hmm. member. Um, I don't know if I don't think this is really the solution, but it's definitely something that I've been paying attention to. Is um, last year. There was a push to ask Evergy to incorporate the pay as you save program, which would be on bill financing. Mm -hmm. um, so Evergy would pay the upfront costs for um, energy efficiency upgrades to a residential home or an apartment. Um, and then the costs would be spread out over your bill, but with the pay as you save program, because you're spending less money on, you know, heating or cooling your home, your bill is actually lower anyway. Um, and we're, I think the decision from the Kansas Corporation Commission is going to come out sometime this spring, I think, is what I understood the timeline to be. And um, so 
I think we could make a decision about, or I think that could inform how we approach ordinance 9744 because it would be statewide says um since i believe evergy is the provider but certainly for lawrence um and if not we could maybe look at the pay as you save program as like a starting point for ideas to jump off of because i think like it's supposed to be energy equity is like the idea behind pay as you save and the uh i think the Wichita People's Energy Program through the Climate Energy Project were also um, parts of that. So it's not a solution, but I think it's like some information that we could look at for sure. And we really can't do anything unless the Corporation Commission rules in favor of the Pay As You Save program. Motion, I think you had your hand up. Motion. We can't hear you. I, I, I just I just wanted to, in line with Maddie and Kathy, I just wanted to emphasize that since we have the ordinance 9744 and the KPI related to energy, and for, for the subcommittees, we can combine the, the ones other than the climate action and weed ordinance, we can combine them into a subcommittee like energy and we discussed the details of the energy-related issues for, for, for the governmental buildings and for the community in that, as obviously there's a lot to cover and to talk about. Nancy? So um, the Climate Action Subcommittee has been talking about um, outreach to um, the public and, and community engagement uh, over the last few months. And um, one of the things that, that we had talked about is how the IRA funding is going to allow um, individuals to save a lot of money, um, both upfront and then from taxes um, being decreased in order to uh, change from gas and um, to increase energy efficiency in appliances, in home heating, water heating, stoves, et cetera in their homes as well as like um, solar panel addition. And I think those sorts of things need to be um, uh, put out in the public and really advertised a lot in Lawrence so that people will know how to take advantage of them and that they're available. And so whether that's gonna fall under the climate subcommittee or the energy subcommittee is something we need to figure out. Let's see, I can't. You want me to stop share on the KPIs? Yeah. Any other comments? Ben, you're looking like you wanted to say something. No, I speak too much. Uh, ben Sykes, SAB board member, I agree with what you guys said. I mean, most in the point you're making about energy, uh, like there's a, a lot of things around energy. The educational component, exactly what Nancy was talking about with being able to take advantage, knowing how to take advantage of the rebates that, you know, as of January 1st, people can actually get um, for their homes for energy efficiency on the one hand, and also for the installation of renewable like solar on, on your place it is critical for the public side of that, I think. Absolutely. Um, the things that are components of what the city is doing seem to be, you know, they're all energy, but some of them are going to be more direct. And I think 
in general, whether it's this or most of the ordinances, the city needs to lead with their own operations before they're trying to t to tell citizens about what they can and can't do or, or what they should do or the ways in which they can do it. That was my only thought. Thank you. Any other comments about this topic? So I will work with Kathy here in the coming weeks to make sure that for our next meeting, we have a revised, I'm going to just call it a revised subcommittee list with um, kind of revised definitions, maybe revised name for the subcommittee. Uh, I may try to make them a little more generic so that they can be more of a generic name instead of like clean energy and energy efficiency for city operations is, to me is way too long mm -hmm. and it's very limiting, but um, we, we will work on that. And then my goal will be that we identify who has volunteered to serve on those subcommittees, who's kind of the leader of that subcommittee and kind of get that documented for 2023. And then maybe yearly we can review that. Okay. I have Kay, please. This is Kay Johnson, um, SAB board member. I have one additional um, suggestion. When we do that, we need not only update the list of the subcommittees, but there we're missing out a lot of opportunities. And I have asked for three or four years that our the website that is associated with the sustainability division and now falls under officially Kathy, be updated to include that some of those education things that are very easy, and I can say that because I wouldn't be the one that have to do it, but it would seem like it would be easy to just lift stuff from other places and say, here's some things you can do, and here's some things you can do, and but we keep on not using the tool that we have available, which is right now already the city's website that has sustainability that's under Kathy. And I know Kathy, you've got lots to do, but um, it we, we should at least have some up-to-date information and besides just the subcommittees. I noted your comment, and I'm not sure how we'll address it, but oh, well, yeah. Kathy, is, Kathy has definitely heard oh, it too. Yeah, this is Kathy Richardson, Director of Sustainability. So the sustainability website for the City of Lawrence uh, does have a lot of like information and direct links. Unfortunately, a lot of them are some of them I know, um, are not, uh, you know, working links right now, or like you said, not um, up-to-date information. Um, even some of our feature slides, there's one on our uh, four-star rating system uh, that is a program that is no longer um, with us. Uh, so that uh, program folded, I believe, two or three years ago now. And um, the information about our uh, what information we submitted to the rating system for STAR is still, you know, obviously good information, but it's not a program that's still um, available or online right now. Uh, 
back in November and December, I worked with the communications office and they are helping uh, revamp that website and update it. Uh, so all the work orders per se of uh, me submitting uh, to the communications office uh, were sent over uh, over a month ago. Um, that group is very busy and I don't want to pressure. I understand uh, the importance of having up-to-date links and information on that website, uh, but uh, just a little bit of patience and hopefully here pretty soon, it will look a lot uh, better. And I do want to provide a direct link uh, to our environmental sustainability uh, strategic plan from the sustainability page, which is also missing. So hopefully those feature slides can be updated here pretty soon. Thank you. And before we leave the topic of subcommittees, I would ask if any of the member or any of the people from the public who are attending the meeting, it looks like Ty or Michael, or there's a gentleman here. If anybody has any comments or suggestions for us about these subcommittees, I'd welcome to hear those at this time. Oh. Ty Gorman has raised their hand. Ty, please go ahead. We can't hear you. You need to unmute them or? No, he's got. Okay, we, we can hear you now, Ty. Please comment. Sounds like the connection is not good. Ty, unfortunately, we're having a really bad connection. We can't hear you. And what we did, a little bit of sound we heard was not understandable. Return to that. If, if All right. If, if we can, we'll come back to you, Ty. Michael, you have your hand raised. We'd welcome your comments. Thank you, Stan. Um, Kathy probably could fill in better than I could, but she and Melinda Harger made a presentation to the City Commission on the 3rd of January. Uh, environmental Thank Sustainability you. Commitment Team. And one thing I noticed when they were trying to decide which policy questions and what should be included in LEED certification or Envision is they said that they want to have 100% renewable electricity. They wanted to, and this was for city facilities. So the city leading so that they can then ask citizens, of course, but the city has to do it first. 100% uh, renewable energy. And the second item was all electric. And the third one was uh, recycled um, rainwater collection, whatever, for all city facilities. So this is something that they were directing staff as policy right now. So just FYI, and Kathy probably could fill you in more. If I, Correct me if I'm wrong, Kathy, but I think that's what I heard. I, 
I think that those three topics, which uh, staff raised uh, for direction to the city commission, because they seem to be the three topics that are always asked uh, when we are um, in front of commission with plans for new facility. Uh, the, the commission, it sounded like to me that they were uh, in support of including that in the policy or addressing those uh, in terms of new facilities. Uh, when it comes to major renovations or existing facilities, uh, you know, not so much, that's not where the conversation went, but certainly for new facilities, uh, that seems to be important to the commission and it's something that we're working on. So yeah, if there's a subcommittee of SAB that can um, help us with uh, working through that policy and then if we can get SAB support, uh, that will be huge for us. All right, thank you, Kathy. With that, I think we need to move on to the next item in our agenda, which is old business. And that the first item we have listed there, or actually the only item we have listed there is our SAB retreat. Um, and we got a note from Ty. So thank you, Ty, for that note. Kathy will, can share that in the chat with us. Uh, but I just wanted to thank everybody who participated in the goal setting retreat. I thought it was uh, I thought it was very useful and beneficial to get us focused for the coming year, get us uh, all talking about you know what are we interested in as a board, what do the board members want to prioritize for the coming year. So I really appreciate every, everybody's participation. Kathy did provide a nice summary of that and that was uh, attached as part of the agenda. So it lists the prioritized goals and then it lists the prioritized uh, key progress in indicators that we identified from the city's uh, strategic plan. And then it even included photos of every one of the boards, the whiteboards that uh, were used at the meeting. So you have a very complete record of it. Mm -hmm. um, so other than that, I didn't have any specific comments I wanted to make. I would encourage everybody to look at it and reflect on it. We'll use this in uh, drafting our subcommittee language. But uh, did anybody else have any comments or questions? Seeing none, I'd like to move on to new business. And that was uh, the ordinance 9744 I'd asked, since that was one of our key items that we said we wanted to work on, I asked Kathy to be prepared to just discuss that with us briefly. You've kind of touched on it already, but maybe you could just recap again. What is in ordinance 9744? And uh, talk about that, please, Kathy. Sure. And maybe I should share this one as well. Just a second. She's going to share that with everyone on Zoom. Is everyone seeing the ordinance number 9744? Okay. All right. Um, well, the ordinance. Part of it. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I would have to just scroll through it. Um, it was provided as a link 
on the agenda for everyone. And um, I know that the Sustainability Advisory Board is familiar with this ordinance, uh, members of the public, some are and some aren't. Uh, but really, uh, this is a and again, one of the things I want to make sure, so uh, you went through the SAB retreat in your goal setting session, and it sounds like those prioritized goals are the ones moving forward. So I do want to uh, update the website on there and um, with the with the priority goals. And then in terms of Ordinance 9744, which seemed to be the top priority uh, from that discussion in December uh, just uh, understanding and knowing, uh, you know, how the Sustainability Advisory Board wants to, you know, assist staff uh, with working through these items. Obviously, there's different sections of the ordinance that are, uh, you know, some of them, some of the, the components of this ordinance made it to the strategic plan. Other components did not make it into the strategic plan, but where there's a focused KPI around, uh, you know, the ordinance, uh, those are, you know, there's subcommittees that are working on certain sections. For example, I talked about the transition plan for the city fleet and equipment. Um, and uh, there's a, a subcommittee working on that that the city had already worked on last year uh, with a an RFP of selection of a consultant. And we hope to have that information, uh, you know, at the next meeting for the advisory board to kind of get um, firsthand kind of where we are in the process and what all the steps will be through that process. Now, this ordinance, like I mentioned before, is not just about the city fleet, but this is what we have been focusing on kind of early on. Um, number one, because the timeline is coming up very quick and uh, the city does uh, have uh, quite a few uh, fleet vehicles and the time frame to get uh, those traded out or even for there to be, um, you know, options uh, on certain types of heavy-duty uh, specialized equipment, um, you know, that are not options available right now or, uh, you know, a cost uh, that is triple what uh, the city pays for a vehicle, for example, with uh, trash trucks or and so forth. But we're working through that uh, section um, the Sustainability Advisory Board uh, can definitely um, help by, uh, you know, kind of staying informed um, of our transition plan and providing uh, feedback and, uh, you know, uh, asking questions and stuff like that through it. Uh, when it comes to uh, the question of uh, renewable energy for like our electric use, and again, I'm talking about city facilities and operations, we've reported that through the strategic plan as, uh, you know, we currently have 100% of our electric use covered by our the wind renewable energy credits. I know there's a conversation around that, um, that the advisory board uh, started uh, back in December with, you know, it's not a true uh, being powered 100% by renewable energy as in solar uh, directly into our facilities. Uh, we are currently purchasing the credits and, um, you know, happy to have that uh, conversation and um, answer questions uh, from the advisory board on 
you know, how we go about that. Um, the natural gas we've talked about as well as in the strategic plan, it's a KPI, and uh, there's really not uh, a whole lot of, of movement on that side. It's probably the hardest one, I would say, of uh, the three. And uh, in addition to how we uh, expand this conversation past city operations and into the community. The strategic plan is specific to city operations, uh, but the ordinance really speaks to the whole community. There is a lot of work to still be done. Um, one item on here is uh, on the in the ordinance um, was that staff would provide uh, uh, annual report or update. Um, so I am working on the full year 2022's report, uh, which I will share um, with the advisory board and you know, possibly it seems like a, you know, city manager report item for the city commission. Um, I don't know if you wanted me to scroll down completely on here. Are there, oh, here are the, here's the kind of big sec section on the renewable energy goals. So um, the city of Lawrence will strive to achieve uh, the use of 100% clean renewable energy according to the following timelines. So 2025 for electricity and municipal operations, 2035 is for all energy sectors and municipal operations, 2030 is for electricity citywide. And again, members of the public get confused with the citywide wording because they think it's citywide as in our facilities, but citywide means community-wide everyone, all the businesses and residential customers, et cetera. And then by 2035, uh, for all energy sectors uh, citywide. Um, I will uh, also mention that just really quick, sorry, um, that uh, the city is joining kind of a peer-to-peer -peer type of uh, a group. I, I emailed, I mentioned it in the December meeting and emailed you a description of uh, the meetings that we'll be going through in the next uh, six months. Um, those have actually uh, started to get scheduled um, for the next few months. And this is a conversation with other communities on how we transition to clean energy. So we're really excited to uh, start having that conversation. And again, clean energy community-wide and uh, what others have done and who we can get paired up to, paired up with so that we can uh, learn from uh, their um, their transitions and what can be applied uh, to the city of Lawrence. Looks like Kay has a yeah. question. Yeah, I see Kay, Kay, Kay and Nancy have both have had their hands raised. We'll start out with Kay. Thank you, uh, Kay Johnson, Sustainability Advisory Board member. One thing that we just need to be aware of and maybe need to factor into this is the state did pass a rule that, that we cannot mandate changes to operations beyond the city and uh, beyond city-owned activities. So that clearly is going to impact these goals. Um, the other thing that could happen is that the city could place more emphasis on changing that. Um, but 
we're Lawrence, we're a small community, that may not happen, that may be futile, but it, it is a state law right now. And so that needs to be footnoted somewhere that we don't have the ability to change some of these things. We cannot mandate. We can educate. We can't mandate. Thank you, Kate. Um, Nancy? So um, the goal of electricity citywide by 2030 um, is going to have to be met, I think, by making or, or urging Evergy to switch from coal power to clean energy here in Lawrence. Um, and they reneged on their promise to change and close the coal power plant. So I think that the city needs to continue to put pressure on Evergy. There's millions of dollars available now to do the switch. And I think that we've got to pressure them to do that and take advantage of the millions and millions of dollars that are available to do so. Well, it, this is Stan Rasmussen, SAB member on that topic. It's not just the city of Lawrence plant is not the only coal-fired power plant in Evergy's portfolio. They have Jeffrey Energy Center. They have an interest in Lacine. They have other coal-fired generation and natural gas-fired generation on the grid. And the electrons coming from the Lawrence power plants, you know, the, when they're generated at a power plant, they go everywhere at once. They're, there's not, you can't just say that we're getting only electrons from the Lawrence power plant, so. But, but, but the um, toxins from the coal power plant in Lawrence are poisoning people in Lawrence. And so I think we have that that we can uh, use to help sway them. Maddie Bell, SAB member, um, I think, you know, getting them to recommit to a, a commitment they made of shutting down the coal plant when they said they would be would be totally fine, um, especially because one less coal plant is one less coal plant. So it's in the right direction of having city, community-wide energy and electricity come from renewable sources and not methane or coal. This has been Sykes SAB board member. So um, I agree with you guys about um, trying to understand if Evergy can recommit to that, I think is a good idea. I, I am curious about the credits that we're buying right now that make us seem like we're using 100% renewable, that we're basically buying 100% of our energy renewably, right, produced. So those have consequences for how Evergy does their business too, right? I mean, if they have people that are buying a bunch of these credits, the idea is that they use that money to increase the infrastructure of renewability. I mean, Evergy, when we had 2005, had zero. I mean, it wasn't Evergy then, right? But it, they had zero wind energy, basically. And now they're like at 30%. But the question becomes like, do we want to try and influence Evergy and keep buying our energy, you know, the, the main uh, aspect through which we want to achieve 100% renewable in our community is through pushing Evergy to change their program, or do we want to try and have 
um, are systems that are renewable and what's the degree to which things like the Inflation Reduction Act can help facilitate one of those over the other. Like Nancy, I think, makes a good point. There's a lot of money for Evergy to help switch that. There is almost certainly money as well for our municipality to put solar on top of things or, um, you know, we've, we've helped sign on to the buses being clean. We've gotten now five, is it? Yeah. Um, EV buses in the city that SAB has written letters to help support and would continue to do. So uh, it's not to say both those can't be done simultaneously, but um, we, you know, we have how much energy we have to affect these things. And I just love to hear from other people about the degree to which you think pushing on Evergy um, versus trying to get our own facilities online would be valuable. Sorry, if that's, if a, that's question. a false, maybe it's a false dichotomy for sure. Like, um, but yeah. Yeah, I, there's, money, there's money in the IRA for individuals to put solar panels on their homes. So I think we could can take both tax and one doesn't proceed, doesn't um, make the other one um, any less doable. Does anybody, uh, sorry, this has been like Sabor member. Do you guys, sorry, Maddie, do you guys know if there's, or Kathy, do you know if, the IRA has money for municipalities to do those things? I know it does for individuals. It does. It does. Okay. It does. Sorry, Maddie. I didn't mean to interrupt you. All good. Maddie Bell, SAB member. Um, I was just going to say, uh, I think we can and maybe should do both because, you know, even if you're driving an electric vehicle, you know, that's great. You're not emitting uh, CO2 or, you know, you don't have exhaust, but how are you recharging that vehicle? You know, if the electricity is coming from burned coal, then it's not like there's still that um, there's still that aspect of it. And so you need both the source and how the energy is being used. So I think us saying like both need to happen is good while being, you know, like to your point, Ben, being cognizant that we have a limited amount of like person energy to to um, work on it. <laughs> All right, well, I think this um, is gonna be, this ordinance is gonna be part of uh, a subcommittee's focus for the coming year. And uh, I think we'll have more opportunity to revisit this um, as we move forward. And hopefully we will have some, some formal suggestions and recommendations to either to take to the city commission or to assist uh, with the uh, city staff and implementation of programs within the city. So I look forward to seeing how we proceed with that in the coming year. I don't wanna run out of time. Um, I see that both Michael and Ty have their hands up, but we do have a item on the agenda that we do need to discuss and that is the other new business item and that's uh proposing to amend uh our bylaws to say that a quorum is six and not five members and kathy would you touch on that please sure so um, in the past, this, or recent past, the Sustainability Advisory Board has wanted to make some edits uh, to the SAB bylaws. I will say that uh, changing the quorum from five to six, as it should have been six out of 10, um, 
but hadn't been corrected in the past. That is something that is actually not uh, within the city code, um, so would not need to go to uh, for approval to the city commission. Uh, but in turn, it's just uh, an edit to the bylaws of which there is uh, a paragraph uh, indicating the steps uh, that can be taken in order to update something like this. So um, the vote really isn't uh, tonight. Uh, via email with the agenda was the notification, which you need a 30-day notification period of a proposed uh, change. So that notification was provided to you and the public, and it's uh, just stating what the change would be. Uh, so again, that's typed into the agenda um, of six of 10 voting members of the board present in person shall constitute a quorum of the board. And um, this item can be moved on to be placed in the February 8th uh, Sustainability Advisory Board agenda for uh, vote. Right. And I don't think we have to take any action to place it on there. We've followed our our bylaws on amending them by just uh, announcing it, making it public, providing it. And then at our next meeting, we can vote on this change. That's correct. All right. Dan, this is Kate Johnson. Didn't we actually vote on it at our strategic plan meeting? No. Oh. No, we did not vote on it because um, we have to follow the bylaws that we we're under the current bylaws, so we have to follow those, and they specifically um, specify how we have to, the process that we have to go through Change. to amend okay. our bylaws. Sorry. But we did discuss it at our meeting. At yes, Anderson, we did. Going forward. Yes, we definitely discussed it. Pat, I'd like to... We've got about 15 minutes left, and I see two members of the public with their hands raised. Um, Ty, did you want to try one more time with your audio? Yeah, thank you. Are you able to hear me? We can hear you well now. All right, there we go. Appreciate it. Um, I just wanted to mention and really appreciated the discussion in that last section there from from all the board members i think um there yeah, there there isn't really a distinction between lawrence pushing towards clean energy and uh pushing towards its own supply and having the um and having energy be pushed to create a better grid so i really appreciate the both and um argument there also i wanted to mention oh i didn't i didn't mention that i'm the cr club uh representative for kansas um especially the on coal campaign and, um uh wanted and there have been critiques within cr club and outside of it about the energy credits renewable energy credits as a tool to commit to ghg reduction goals um indicating that those commitments are sometimes only reduced emissions by 10% of the intended targets unless detailed restrictions are put upon the um the the how the those emission targets are sought after by the utility i mean in this case i think it's since evergy has reduced no ghg emissions and has no plans to reduce ghg emissions um and lawrence is a part of those uh, <laughs> that 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 whole system, as uh, as Mr. Rasmussen uh, mentioned very uh, clearly, there uh, all the electrons go everywhere all at once. So um, I think the looking at the energy emissions um, the portfolio 
and is is an excellent way to judge the target and uh and maybe a working group in the energy subcommittee and uh discussion over the next month would be appropriate given the rate case this year for Evergy um, asking for more money and not committing to any retirements of coal, including the Lawrence plant. Um, and just a quick final note there, I um, wanted to bring attention to the Kansas City Commission, which did put, even though, as, um, as, as Ms. SK mentioned, there are restrictions against uh, you know, making a city uh, demand or, or I guess a uh, binding agreement from a city to change the resource mix. It is um, quickly fine and very effective for a city to set goals and pressure the utility to move towards those clean energy goals on behalf of its customers within the city. And uh, Kansas City Commission did do that by demanding that Hawthorne close in within the city limits there. And by 2025, and I think uh, Lawrence could and should have similar demands in order to really meet his GHG goals. So, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Ty. And I, I think there's general consensus here on the board that uh, we'd like to see a microgrid and our generation of our own renewable energy, you know, with solar or I don't know about wind in, in the city limits, but certainly with solar would be very feasible. But I appreciate your comments. Um, Michael Allman, you, you had your hand raised, please. Yes, thank you, Stanley. Um, I sent Kathy uh, in the chat, I sent her a link about the city of Olathe. They've contracted with Missouri Organic Recycling to have drop-off sites for people to take food scraps, food waste. Uh, it's the only municipality in the metro area doing that so far. Uh, why I bring that up is because I found it very interesting last night at the city commission, there were two people who spoke against the plastic band bag. One person was because, and and, and this is going to, I think this is going to be a flashpoint and a point of pushback from some of the citizens using these, you know, non-reusable plastic bags for trash can liners. A lot of people do that. And the reason you have, you have to do that is because your trash is wet and mucky because you put food scraps in it. So if people can compost and take their compost to be, you know, composted by, and, and Missouri Organics, by the way, already comes to Lawrence. They pick up food scraps from the community mercantile, for instance, and maybe elsewhere. If we got some service like that, similar to Ripple Glass, drop-off places, then people have another option for using their food scraps and not having to use plastic bags to line their trash. So I see it as a possible parallel to the plastic bags issue, but supportive of the plastic bags issue if we go down that route. Thanks. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, my brother lives in Denver, and uh, the the recycling uh, program there in the city, you can put all your food waste right in with your yard waste and your paper products, and it all gets composted together, and it's uh, a little more uh, comprehensive than our recycling program. 
Stan, I think that let's see. Yeah. Comment as well. comment? Yeah. Oh, you had a comment, sir. Would you um, come to the give us your yeah. name and uh, please you share your comment? So we have one person in, in attendance tonight and they're going to introduce themselves and provide our comments. Thank you. I Edmund Stansberry here. Um, and I was curious about uh, Ordinance 9744. You have a goal for 100% um, citywide. Uh, renewables. And I was curious if we have 50% of our residents are renters, how, what's uh, the sustainability advisory board strategy to engage these landlords who are less apt to do that and to give some agency to the renters. Thanks for the opportunity to speak. Thank you. Good question. That raises a great question because we are a heavy renting community with the university here. Maddie so Bell. Is, oh, go ahead, oh. Maddie. Okay, um, Maddie Bell, SAB member. I was just going to say the pay to save program I mentioned before, uh, it allows renters to sign up for the program without being dependent on their landlords. You know, certainly that's not like a black and white uh, solution because there's certainly a gray area with like how you're um, changing a residence. But I think, you know, keeping renters in mind is a really good uh, reminder, especially because. You know, there's been a lot of conversation around people getting evicted and um, like we have a lot of renters and renters are not necessarily treated the best in Lawrence. Yeah, this has been Sykes Sad Board member. I think it's an excellent point. Um, I would, and we can post them again, the recommendations that we made about weatherization that we brought up earlier actually had key components about renters in it that they, for example, um, the subsidies that you get are often income-based and renters usually qualify th for those, but not necessarily the landlords. So them being able to facilitate the process to get weatherization done on their homes that they're renting and then get some sort of uh, a tax break or a, a, a rent break, right? Because the landlord is usually, is often the one that might save in the long term because they're actually getting a new HVAC system or they're actually getting something. So there is a section in there. Again, those were recommendations. I'd love to hear what happened to those at commission, but it might provide some insight for us on 9744 about renewable energy itself and 100% renewable just on the weatherization side and kind of trying to tighten up houses and get them with energy efficient appliances. That's a really great point. I mean, and this is a community and lots of college communities, especially are going to have a huge majority, you know, almost a majority of renters. So it's a good point. Thanks. We can probably post or dig up those recommendations. I, I have them, but to put them back out of all right, we've got about five minutes left. Do we have any other comments? Um, I have one thing I'd like to share with everybody. The Board and Commission Structure Committee, so I think I referred to it as the Board of Boards that I was appointed to. We have our first meeting next Wednesday at uh, here from 5 to 8 p.m. So they've scheduled a three-hour meeting for our first meeting, and... Uh, I'll give you guys updates as I go through this process, but I wanted to let you know that the first meeting has been scheduled. I don't know how many members there that's, are, that's a, anything yet. One person for each board, it'll take you that long to introduce everybody. I don't think that they, 
I think it's a little smaller. I think it's about eight members or so, okay. somewhere in that range, eight, maybe 10, but I don't think it's real big. Okay. So. I see Ty asking a question about what's the process for us to submit recommendations to city commission. Um, we, we can do that pretty much any time. Uh, sometimes we, we vote on those if they're gonna be a formal recommendation, but we can do that every time. And asking when the energy subcommittee <clears throat> group might meet, um, I don't know, we'll probably discuss that at the next meeting. Once we have the champions for the individual things, they can probably set the- More of a schedule. Schedule for those individuals. Correct. All right, with that, I would ask if uh, we could have a motion to adjourn or if there's anything else we need to share. <coughs> As Ben Sykes, SAB board member, I move that we adjourn. Maddie Bell, SAB member, seconded. You know what? Before we vote on that, I wanna share one thing. I realized that when we met, I had not yet had my PET scan, but I had my PET scan in late December and the doctor says that I can tell people I'm cancer-free now. So yes. Yay. Congratulations. Congratulations, man. Yeah, cancer-free in 23. So. Fantastic. For getting shirts made at Acme. Thank you. <laughs> so with that, um, we've had a motion and a second to adjourn. All those in favor, please signify by saying aye. 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 That's man. All right. Thank you for being here tonight. We appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.